Down Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited today to roll out this guest that I have, my interview guest star for today. I, you know, the best way to describe it is that this is someone who is so young, so talented, sharing his gifts with the world, you know, had this gift inside that he could have kept to himself, but nope, he goes and shares it with the world and it just evolves and evolving comes from taking risks, putting yourself out there. I mean, I am absolutely over the moon to introduce today Tyler Henry, the Hollywood medium, who is on my podcast to get real with Lisa Crown. And we're just going to be talking about like his words of wisdom and his insight and some of his best practices and some of his advice, you know, that I just, I'm so intrigued by people who, you know, have a talent within and how do they unlock their full potential with it? And how does it evolve? No matter what you're doing, if you're a medium, if you are a salesperson, if you're a realtor, you know, whatever, whatever you're doing, you know, um, it, it's just like almost irrelevant. There's so much common thread and you'll notice that in this podcast. Anyway, enough of my talking. I want to dive into the in- interview. So here it goes. Oh, Tyler, Henry, thank you so much for joining me today on Get Real with Lisa Crown Podcast. So happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. I wouldn't have missed it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you so much. You're such a great friend. I, um, I'm i just going to ask you a couple of questions because, you know, my audience wants to, we want to hear about how you have evolved in this incredible task and gifts that you have been giving and sharing it with the world. First of all, Thank you so much. That's exactly what I said, you know, when we met for the first time. I was like, thank you so much for sharing your talents with the world. You're so amazing. I'm so happy to be here. I really appreciate the opportunity. (laughs) Thank you so much. So my first question to you is, when did you first discover your gifts? Sure. So this really started for me when I was a child. Uh, I grew up in a very conservative household. We didn't really talk about spirits or mediums or anything along those lines. Um, But when I was 10 years old, my grandmother was ill off and on. And one night I just woke up and I had a knowingness that my grandmother was going to pass away. Mm -hmm. And at the time, it just felt like something I knew with conviction. It felt like a memory that hadn't happened yet. And so it was very confusing being only 10 years old. I rolled out of bed and I went into the room to try to explain this feeling to my mom. And as I was telling her, we were actually interrupted by a phone call. And my mom said, hold on. She pulled her phone out of her purse and she answered it. And it was my dad on the other end saying that my grandmother had just taken her last breath. So that premonition really acted as the catalyst. But at 10 years old, I didn't really identify it as an ability. It was more just something that kind of happened to me. Wow. Wow. I'm, I'm so fascinated by it because like I told you before too, like I have a little bit of that sixth sense. I just, it's important when you that's what interests me is like, when did it start to click for you, you know? And so how long after did you come to peace with it or were able to like control it and identify like you really, you have this gift? When was that for you? Well, it was really between the ages of 10 to 13. I started noticing that these kind of moments of knowingness would happen more frequently. And they would generally happen at school when I was you know, around teachers and students and particularly during PE when I would walk the track. Um, I just found that I had no control over it. It would just kind of strike me. I would experience these feelings of almost like having a memory that wasn't my own. And when I would share it with someone, they would say, oh, that's really interesting. That, that makes sense for me. And so I started realizing as I got a little older, the impact that my messages could have. But it wasn't really until I was 16 that I turned that process into something where I sit down with someone, I scribble, I kind of have a process 
and then I connect with an intention. Before that, it was kind of like throwing spaghetti at a wall and it kind of seems what stuck, um, whereas now I have a little bit more of an intention behind my ability. So would you say that you're getting, you get messages? That's how yours is, right? Yours via messages. And a big part of your work, if you watch them on Bravo and his shows, like you connect through objects too. I mean, you have different ways you were saying. Definitely. So there's a number of modalities of information that comes through. Um, the basis of what I do is intuition. We all have an intuition. I think intuition is really kind of the basis of all higher reasoning. So we use intuition in a lot of ways throughout our day-to-day -day lives, in business, interpersonally, uh, going with our gut feelings. And so mine is kind of like intuition on steroids. Um, I've been able to kind of cultivate an intuition to be able to learn how messages come to me. Usually it's very subtle. Um, people have the misconception that being a medium is like Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost. Yeah. Uh, you know, where you see dead people walking around and floating around and uh, that would be dramatic, but it's, it's not the way it goes. Um, right. For me, I, I always say my sixth sense uses the other five senses to communicate. So uh -huh. I will sometimes get physical sensations. I'll sometimes see things, um, smell things, taste things. All of my senses are free game for information to come through. And as I've kind of done my work, I've gotten into a certain headspace that I can kind of actively turn on and turn off to be able to be more sensitive and receptive to those impressions. That's so fascinating. When did it click to you that it's time to where you got connected into Hollywood? Like, I want to understand the stages because truly you could have kept this to yourself, you I know, see. and now you have impacted so many famous people around the world you know, because you unlock that full potential. And that's a big thing of what my listeners listen, keep coming back for is like trying to really understand, discover the unlock of your full potential. What were those stages? Absolutely. Well, I'm a firm believer that our interests are indications of our calling. And I love that quote because it's so true. What we feel called to do is a very intentional pull. And when we can honor it, we can break out of molds that exist before us and do new things and go with our gut. Um, I obviously dealt with pushback from that, being a child, having experiences, growing up in a very conservative household and in a community that really wasn't receptive to mediums or anything like that. So I, at 16 years old, graduated high school early. Um, I understood that I wanted to kind of get out of that environment. I did better on my own, so I did. And then I enrolled in college to try to become a hospice nurse. So I was actually the youngest person in my class. Um, and I was basically taking classes with the goal of trying to go down that route. I knew I could share my ability. I could be there for people who were really needing it and their families. But I didn't want to make the leap to being such a public medium. I, I saw the criticism that people face, um, just the fact that not everybody's into what this is. And so I respected that and understood that, but I wasn't willing to face that. And so I went into school. I started doing readings just through word of mouth. And I found that it became very hard to keep that a secret. Uh, when you have a really sincere experience, people want to talk about it. And so they'll tell their neighbors and their loved ones. And so before I knew it, I had people leaving notes on my front door, um, people coming to my front door, asking for readings. And it was an issue because my dad actually didn't know about my ability. So <laughs> I had to kind of really take a hard look at what I was wanting to do in the long run and, and being honest and transparent with my family about who I was. Wow. Wow. That's that's interesting. I, I'm just, again, that's important piece is, is, you know, feeling like is, is that you're following your interest and then, you know, put, put, being willing to putting it out in the world. It's the willingness, yes. you know, to share that and the risk that you take it, the risk was worth it to you. 
which I can appreciate. See me, I kept it quiet. Look, I'm getting loud right now on Get Real with Lisa Crown because that's what this podcast is about. Sure. Um, I suppressed it so much because I thought they're going to think I'm cuckoo. Right. Did you go through that? <laughs> For sure. I mean, I was an only child, so I felt like I did spend a lot of time alone. I was naturally always a lot closer to adults than uh, you know, other kids at school. So I, I didn't really take that too much into consideration just because I was already an other. I was already different. Um, so I, I think that actually did play into why I was more willing to embrace what I felt because I, I didn't really uh, care. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, you know what, I'm different as it is. So I'm just going to go with it. And it, it worked out. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you met a lot of interesting people along the way. You know, is anybody really stand out? Was there, um, you know, a moment or a reading or something you did with someone that was like, wow, to you? <laughs> There's been so many, uh, ranging from Ellen to Latoya Jackson to the first lady of uh, George Bush's wife, Barbara Bush, or Laura, Laura Bush, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get all my Bushes confused, but I've read, I've read the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And yeah, I've had so many just surreal experiences with people. I, I would say my my time uh, with Latoya Jackson was one of the most profound, um, obviously just because of Michael Jackson. That presented an interesting challenge because it is somebody who people know everything about. And in the reading, I was able to glean some really interesting private information um, for their family and connected to details that only they knew. But what was so interesting about that was Latoya really got a lot out of her reading and we followed up and we did a whole press tour after the reading um, was filmed. And we had been talking in an interview about how Michael communicates through turning lights on and off. And she felt like this is how he communicates to her. I had acknowledged this in the reading. And as we were talking, the, the interview ended and I got up and left and I got a phone call on my way home from the producers who were there, who were kind of breaking down the set. And they said that as they were doing this, the lights in the building shut off and turned on and shut off and turned on. Almost as a way of Michael, I believe, saying he was still part of the production in some way. Just because Latoya got so much out of that. Leading up into that point, she felt like she had a lot of unresolved issues with her brother. And so the fact that he was able to come through and then validate that in such a large way, for me, was really that is that gives me the chills which is also a sign that they're around that's right Michael yeah, that might be true. here <laughs> he's, he's here lisa crown he's made it he's made oh. a cameo <laughs> <laughs> you know you you gotta let me know tyler through this interview if anybody exactly. pops in like We're not I, alone i'm just gonna start hitting like like uh, his greatest hits <laughs> um i know it's hard to pick just one that's for sure you know let me ask you this how do you improve in your work so practice, I think with anything, uh, you know, repeatability helps us kind of learn uh, the nuance of things. And so with me, a lot of what I do is being able to pick up on nuance, on subtleties. Um, you know, I am in essence my job. So I have to be really aware of how I receive information. Um, when I'm accurate, I have to be able to refine that and implement the same processes that led to that accuracy. Similarly, if I am in inaccurate, if I misinterpret something, I have to be able to kind of learn from my mistakes just as much as I learn from my hits. And that allows me, I believe, to be able to kind of refine what I do in a way that um, is improving and always striving to do better. But with the nature of this job, it doesn't come with a manual. Uh, there's no really one resource that is the end all be all of how to develop mediumship or how to develop your intuition. So much of it is about re relying on oneself, one's own confidence, one's ability to take risk and be okay despite that risk. And I think you know, when we look at risk as an overarching conversation, even in this, we take risks every day and to be successful requires risk and yeah. we have to lean in and i think anything worth having in life um, puts us out of our comfort zone 
So I try to remember that when I'm feeling stressed out or in new territory, that discomfort is sometimes the pressure that builds diamonds. So I try to view it that way and it really helps me deal with my anxiety when I go into an unpredictable situation. I love that. I love that, especially for our viewers listening, this whole thing. It's like, they think that in sales, they're the only ones that feel that. It's like, regardless of what work you're in, we all experience that. I mean, Beyonce channels her, you know, inner, she has her um, alter ego that she brings into her, um, Sasha Fierce. I was like, I know it'll come to me. You know, that has to channel that to help with the anxiety. So it's just so neat that like, we get to hear that perspective from you. So that was a great share. Thank you for that. So I know you love art and you're an incredible artist also. Your work <laughs> is you. fascinating. Like if you don't open up an art studio, I feel like I'm going to. And then That's bring it there. <laughs> Amazing. Well, it, I know it's a part of a huge part of your work. Is there something else um, that is another outlet for you? Is there, you know, where you need downtime or a moment? Is sure. there anything on that? Art has been a great kind of uh, tool to be able to work intuitively, but also kind of shut off. So I, I do feel like with anything um, artistic, anything creative, I mean, cooking is creative. Anything that's hands-on where we're able to kind of uh, express our will onto what we're doing, I think I, I really define that as creative. Um, I think for me personally, painting kind of is an intuitive process. You have to know where to start and when to end. Um, and all of that requires checking in with yourself and being able to assess the big picture, literally. Um, so for me, art's been a very valuable tool. I, I actually am quite boring, despite how interesting my job is when I'm not working. I really take active steps to try to just be quiet and alone, or if I'm you know, with my family, just creating an environment that really is very minimal on stimulation. Um, I think one of the big hindrances on intuition is overly being overly stimulated. And I think we have the beeps of our buzzes and our phones and our schedules, and that can kind of take us out of checking in with ourselves. So when I'm not working, I really try to create a space where I'm just kind of present and, and in a headspace that prepares me and gives me energy to do my work in the future. That is so good. You just, you hit like the buzzer, like the ding, ding, ding. Cause I always say the check-in, that's a yes. big part of my work for people. And I feel like it's come later in our lives. Like when I was in my twenties and thirties, Tyler, nobody said to me, check-in. I could have used a check-in back then. Let me tell you, you know, okay. like yeah. that is such a more recent part of my work. And I so love that you say that and you encompass that into a big part of who you are and how your work and you as a person are evolving, you know? I love that, so thanks. Oh, thank you. I, I think intention breathes life into anything we do. And we know our purpose, whether it's me doing a reading or whether it's sales, where we can really familiarize ourselves with what we want to achieve, what our kind of foundational intention is, then you can build greatness off of that. But without intention, things kind of aren't having the life breathed into them. So we have to know what we want before we even, I think, execute anything. I love that so much. I got the chills again. Maybe somebody else is here. Is there you go, here? right? They're popping in, popping out, popping in. <laughs> is anyone here? <laughs> I'll, I'll shake my magic eight ball. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so what advice do you have for the listeners about pursuing your dreams or tapping into your hidden talents? What, what's some advice for people that I feel play small a little bit you know, in their life, or they've got something inside that they could get out and share with the world. What's your advice about that? Sure. Well, you know, I really look back at being a medium, the process I went through of self-discovery and the, the backlash I faced as a child. Uh, other students were mean, you know, kids were sometimes quite cruel, but I, I grew to kind of realize that through the very thing that I was afraid of, through the very thing that I dealt with a lot of bullying as a result of, I was able to cultivate that into something that I'm now very proud of. 
Um, the very thing I was kind of in essence abused for, I've now been able to take and turn into something that um, you know helps the world and has you know really helped me. So That's I think so being beautiful. able to make that jump is really important. Being able to reframe um, our interests, our callings, our, our the things that we feel called to do um, may not always you know meet unanimous approval. <laughs> And so we have to look at, again, the heart of what we're trying to achieve. And if that's based in compassion, then we have to pursue it. I don't think we have any other options. So um, I think what makes us unique is really why we're here. I think kind of what makes you special is your superpower in the sense that you have the opportunity to break the molds that have been set before you. The only way that you can do that is through going with your gut, taking risks, being willing to face backlash because that's how we grow and how we change. So uh, for me, I think just your interests are indications of your quality. <laughs> oh, you're so right. You're so right. You, you brought up about the bullying too. I feel like I wouldn't help but like in that moment to say, you know what, I'm going to send a little spirit over to your house and haunt you. You better <laughs> knock it off. I had a funny instance actually in middle school and I, I was in the, washing my hands in the bathroom and a group of boys ran into the room and closed the door and I knew that I was going to get beat up. And so I turned around and made eye contact with my main bully and these words just left my mouth. I said, your aunt knows that you were crying with your dad last night, so you need to leave me alone. And when I said that, he looked at me, tears came in his eyes and he ran out of the bathroom and his friends followed him. And it ends up that his aunt had actually passed away in a car accident the night before. And he had received the news with his dad and he was very emotional and this had happened in a different city and it was just crazy because that was a moment where i did feel like some form of defense or psychic self-defense kind of came over me i had no control over what i was saying so it did, it did using your superpower though that really <laughs> yeah, was, it was a weird moment of defense that mechanism, could be a movie tyler it was nuts for sure like uh, you know i mean that like many <laughs> <laughs> Never a dull moment. <laughs> playing that character. Like, I almost need Macaulay Colton back years and years and years ago to play you. Exactly. No, he's that, very aware of this. He's on, on Twitter, people are always like, you look like Tyler Henry, and he doesn't see the resemblance. I, I don't really see, I kind of see it maybe when we were kids, but yeah, you know, they're like, we don't look like each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. Wow, that's really interesting. That's really <laughs> interesting. Um, so what's next for you now that we're in this shutdown? You know, are you Zooming? Like, how are we now? How is the world to connect you now? Sure. So I'm very thankful I'm able to do what I do all across the world and doing it virtually through Skype, through Zoom. So I do consultations for CEOs. I do charity readings for people who have experienced loss of, of loved ones. About 75% of my readings are done completely for free. So I just pick people randomly, share what I do, and I'm able to do it virtually, which is a, a blessing. Um, I did have a tour that was going. I did 36 cities across the United States uh, last year, and I think 36 the year before that. And that's anywhere from two to 5,000 people. So obviously we're not doing that now, we're trying to find a way to um, you know, do it safely and maybe even virtually. Uh, but I am actually working, I just finished my second book. I hit 70,000 words. Uh, so that's coming out. My first book, Between Two Worlds, I wrote right around season one when, when my show came out. And this book will just kind of share more about what I've learned from the other side, how we can live more meaningfully, how we can be more in touch with ourselves and who we are, and in essence, kind of what the departed would do differently. So um, that's kind of where I'm at. I love that so much. You know, my aunt has never missed an episode. My aunt Denise, <laughs> giving her a shout out. Woo, aunt Denise. Aunt. Can't wait to meet you. <laughs> I'm going to have to meet her now. I'm a man of my word. I love it. I love it so much. Believe you me, she's going to be on the next plane out. Um, so thank you for that. And then I have to put in just a little something. It's a bit of a joke. Anybody who is listening to this knows I'm a 
huge Ben Affleck fan. Have you done a reading with Ben Affleck? I haven't. I haven't, but you know what? He's high on the list. So <laughs> maybe one of these days. You never know. If, if I do book him, I'm going to say I have to do the reading at my house. and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm coming over. Exactly. Tyler, I'm coming over. Okay. You know where to find me. <laughs> I love it. I'll I'll hold the I'll hold the light or hold the There you go. Just I'll just scribble. Yeah. <laughs> perfect, perfect. You know, I I I know you're the you're so busy right now and so I won't take any more of your time. I'm just going to close with my last question I have for you and that is this. What do you know for sure? Oh, what I know for sure. I'd say what I know for sure is the importance of taking up every opportunity to be compassionate to one another. I think in life, we overcomplicate things. When spirits come through, they acknowledge that the things that they valued, their greatest achievements, they weren't necessarily exclusively on the material end. It was really the opportunities where they lent love when they had the chance, um, when they took an opportunity to do better. And it's really those little moments that cultivate the larger big pictures of our lives. So that's what I know for sure. <laughs> I just gave you a virtual hug. Oh, likewise. <laughs> That's so great. I love that so much. You know, I'm just, I brought a picture with me today as I close out with one of my best friends in the entire world. He was my neighbor. He lived three doors down and I miss him every single day of my life. And I just wanted to show you this picture. Aww. His name is Lauren. And if anything ever comes up for you with him, you let me know. You know it. We'll be in touch. But I would love that perfect. so much. I so appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much for being here. Oh my God. And I hope to do it again. <laughs> right, let's do it. Absolutely. Yes. Bucket list check. Yes. Thank you so much, Tyler. All I appreciate it. Right. Lisa, have a good day. Bye. Thank you, Santa, the family. Thank you. We'll do you too. Thanks. Wow. Was that awesome or what? I had the best time. Talk about just the coolest, sweetest, down-to-earth human you've ever met. Tyler Henry is a breath of fresh air. And thank you so much for shining your light on us today, Tyler. Wow, that was fantastic. Um, I hope you enjoyed watching the interview as much as I did. And tune in to watch Tyler on all the stuff that he's doing via Zoom. Check out his books that he's doing. He's got so many incredible uh, projects in the works. You're not going to want to miss what he does. He's just interviewing and interacting with fascinating people. And um, I'm just so glad that he's a part of our Get Real with Lisa Crown family. So thank you so much for tuning in. Appreciate you. So DJ, kick us off something that is just out of this world because that's what that podcast just felt like. Thank you, everybody. See you on the next one. <laughs>